and welcome to the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined today by editor-at-large at Super Jump Magazine, Wyatt Donegan. Hey, Wyatt, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty okay. The only thing I can think about is Smash Brothers, but I'm going to try to do a show in which we talk about some other things as well. Uh, reminder to the audience out there, this is the Super Jump Podcast. If you're just listening for, to the uh, podcast for the first time, go ahead and like and subscribe and comment and follow wherever appropriate. It's probably a good investment. I don't know. This episode might suck later on, but for now, I feel pretty good about it. You should too. Let's get you on our list. So today we're going to talk about the Game Awards and what they brought to the table in terms of uh, awards and announcements and all that. But before we do that, we'll have to head into the Playtime Report! So Wyatt, for the Playtime Report this time, it looks like we've been playing the same game. Yep. (laughs) What are the odds? And no other games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously we've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers. I, I was considering adding it to uh, like a hot topic to talk about just our time with Smash Brothers. But, uh, you know, it's the Playtime Report. It's what we've been playing. Yep. How do you feel about it? Uh, it feels really good. You know, I think there was a lot of hype, obviously, for this game. Uh, people were or expecting a lot, you know, this is literally supposed to be the ultimate Smash compilation with all the characters, all the stages and music and all that good stuff. And so far it's delivered. Um, it's been a really fun experience. Uh, I've, I've touched on almost every, I believe every mode now at this point. I've done classic mode, did spirits, played online. Um, the online's got some issues, but yeah. they've actually fixed, they fixed it a little bit with that last patch. I haven't run into any more random free-for-alls anymore. Um, That's good. But yeah, yeah, that was super annoying. But uh, but overall, it's been a really, really fun experience. Yeah, I uh, I, I completely agree. I was I, I always get a little apprehensive about a new Smash game because um, if you lean toward the casual audience or the competitive audience, uh, either one like a little bit more than you're supposed to, it seems like it just kind of falls apart for everyone, and it's mm-hmm. the only thing that the game is is talked about. It's the only setting in which the game can live like yeah but bayonetta ruined it in dlc like and that could still happen in dlc for sure yeah that's very Uh, true but for now it seems competitive players especially like melee players which is strange and smash 4 players are both transitioning over to to ultimate uh i never thought i'd see the day where like armada and and hungry box and leffen oh leffen especially that's crazy yeah yeah, Leffen's been he's been playing Ultimate like like or streaming it like twelve thirteen hours a day. Like it's I, I mean I, I remember hearing a lot of the pros like the melee pros specifically say that they were going to try it out, but I thought that they were just you know like oh we'll play it, but yeah like, melee is our thing, so we're not really going to do much. I mean like, they always yeah, try it out. They they always yeah exactly. they always take a look. Um, but you know. But they're full on grinding and like actually. It really looks like super they are deep into it. Yeah, it, I I think this is just a a really good time for the game to come out compared to Smash Four mm-hmm. because Smash Four came out like in the middle of Melee's renaissance, which would maybe that's true seem like a good thing. It's it would seem like you're capitalizing on that hype, but really I think it it, it was just it, if it's much much slower than Melee like Smash Four was, uh and melee is getting all this goodwill you'll just go to the other older game 
but this mm-hmm. one is exactly. is is fast and it has a, a lot of mix-up potential and mm-hmm. it seems more balanced than uh maybe even smash 4 at launch um i mean we'll have yeah. to wait until some tournaments to to see if that's the case but it exactly yeah yeah but it it, it does seem it just seems like it's hit all the right notes. And especially for, for casual players as well. I spent around 30 hours on the single player mode. Really? <laughs> yeah, I spent... I, it took me 30 hours. I've 100% in World of Light. That's nice. that's something I, I never thought would happen in a Smash game. That it would have a 30-hour campaign. Yeah, I think I've put 10 or 11 hours into it now. I've been playing more like... Playing online and playing with a couple uh, a couple of buddies of mine um, for sure. But, but this but the spirits mode is actually I wasn't really sure how it was gonna be because you know they, they we got the trailer but there was no real kind of specifics about the mode and how it would operate. But once I played it, it's actually it's really fun and I kind of like the spirit system. It, it adds a different element to the game besides just doing a bunch of random battles. Yeah, it it, it does. Um... I, I really like that the spirits kind of unify all, all the different aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. Like if you do certain things in just the regular smash mode or in classic mode or in multi-man melee or whatever, you're rewarded with spirits and like that all factors back into itself. It, it, it makes for a strong sense of cohesion that... Mm-hmm. Um, it is not entirely necessary. It's just kind of a cool thing, but it it provides ultimate with a singular identity beyond just mm-hmm. it's what all the other games did. No, it's like it's it's its own thing too. It, it's yeah, exactly. Got a lot of its own ideas. Um, yeah, because like you said, it's like I don't think if if there wasn't that cohesion, I don't think anybody would have like looked down on it because of that like no one would have said like oh all these modes don't tie together because no one really expected that yeah it's not like they did something it. like that before where the modes tied yeah, together. yeah exactly but the fact that they did that is still nice you know oh yeah even though it wasn't necessary it does add just a little bit extra touch to it and makes it feel a lot more grand and it just kind of feels like a very it feels like a cohesive product that they really put some time into yeah, Melee is one of my top five games of all time. Um, it, it, admittedly, for for reasons that I I know are at least partially based in nostalgia. I don't know if anything can like do what Melee did again. The bubbles kind of popped on that. But mm-hmm. in, in terms of just like whether I think this is a better game than Melee or other past Smash Brothers games, um, again we'll have to see. I mean, Melee had this crazy seventeen year long longevity that is yeah. unheard of in video games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how Ultimate does, but I'm I'm optimistic. This seems good. It seems solid. I wasn't feeling that same way when Smash 4 came out. Um Brawl definitely didn't feel the same way as as well, even though I did like mm-hmm. a lot of what they did for the single player in Brawl. Um Yeah, who are you who are you uh playing mostly? Who's your main? Uh, so Krom is kind of number one for me right now, and then Lucina is right behind that. I really like the sword fighters. Are you a fan of Fire Emblem, or do you just like the playstyle? I like the playstyle. I mean, I like the. I've only played I think one Fire Emblem game, and then I played. I dabbled in the mobile 
the Fire Emblem Heroes game when it came out. Same with um, me. I, I played the first yeah. Game Boy Advance one and then nothing until the mobile one. Yeah, I think I played Fire Emblem. I forget which one. I think it was one of the first ones that came out on the 3DS. Oh, Awakening? Like in like two th- Awakening, yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. I played that one and it was really fun. Um, and I like, cause I, I like that kind of, I like that kind of game style. I just had never really, like Fire Emblem just never really crossed my radar for some reason for, for a lot of years. Um, so I played that, but I just really like that style of, of just fighting with swords and spacing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I, um, I'm playing a lot of characters that I probably wouldn't have played in the past. I've never liked heavy characters. I, I never have felt like I can move as fast as I want to and I'm that I'm mobile enough. But in this mm-hmm. game, I'm playing on and off uh, Mewtwo, K. Rule, and Donkey Kong. All, all heavy characters. Oh, nice, um, yeah. As secondaries. My, my main few are, are Ness, who I did play before as my main in Smash 4. Uh, mm-hmm. Jigglypuff, who was my main in Melee, but I never thought I'd play Jigglypuff again because I've never liked the way she felt in any other game. Um, yeah, she definitely seems. Di- I've been, I haven't played her, but I've played against her in this in this uh, in Ultimate, and she definitely it feels more like Melee than than Smash Four did. Yeah, I I don't even know if it's like trying to be more like Melee or just trying to correct her to be better. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with with, with Jigglypuff uh, yet, but as of right now, I'm just super psyched that it feels good again. Uh, and then the third one is is Pokemon Trainer, who uh, I want to be really good at, but that is a hard character to play. That is that is a difficult yeah, character to I've, learn how I've, to do. Leffen has been playing a lot of Pokemon Trainer, and he thinks that it's one of the best characters in the game. And I haven't even gotten the courage to even try it yet because I'm like, this just sounds like a lot of work. Like, it seems like a lot of extra management for a game that already you have to think about a lot of things at once. From a from just a character standpoint, not from how they play, Pokemon Trainer is probably my favorite character in the game. But mm-hmm. um, I I really like how it it represents the original starters and, and everything, and how it's actually the main character of Pokemon. If you think about it, none of the Pokemon are. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just hard because sometimes I'll, I'll I'll feel like I'm I'm playing him and. My Squirtle will be good, but all of a sudden I I need to have some some kill power because I'm I'm comboing this this opponent, but I can't like get him off the screen. So I'll I'll need to change to either Ivysaur or or Charizard to get them out. And I just like I I'm not nearly as practiced with those as I am as I am with Squirtle, and mm. it kind of throws the whole thing off. So I I feel like I'm never good enough to even want to practice with it he's hard but uh yeah. i i do i do like the character a lot uh, yeah in in the meantime i'll just keep spamming with ness and pk yeah. <laughs> thunder and fire and, yeah just pk fire over and over yeah it wins every stamina spirit battle <laughs> pk fire it completely destroys them because they get locked and then all their hp is gone <laughs> I, I can't wait to unlock ness and and uh in spirits mode, so I can actually do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of those battles are tough. Oh yeah, I it was I put it on normal mode, and the first few I I was like uh, I'm probably just gonna walk through this, but 
there there's certain things that they they try and uh certain scales that they put the cpus to these cpus are doing things i've never seen cpus or even some humans do um like wow they they made the artificial intelligence in this game strangely good <laughs> like like chess computer good at the game um mm-hmm. yeah they did yeah i don't that's that's surprising. an achievement and that's something that it's it's interesting that they couldn't market the game based on that uh that never came out in in like smash directs or anything but but yeah that's it's pretty crazy yeah um okay so a lot of smash talk we'll we're actually have some more smash talk slated later in the show so let's just move on for now and let's head into the Newsy Nibble! Why did the Game Awards happened? They did. They did happen. Um, so, they happened on the 6th. It's almost 10 days after that now. Um, where has the time gone? On <laughs> the, the day of the Game Awards, um, the, Jeff Keighley came out. And he uh, he started the show by having Reggie Fils-Aimé, Phil Spencer, and Sean some Sean Sony from Sony um, come out on, on on the stage all at the same time. All all the console maker CEOs, at least the American branches, Sean Layden is his name, and they they shared a little moment which i thought was cool they've never done that before they've never really been involved in each other's stuff um so i thought that was nice that was a good way to start the show yeah that was cool it was like it was like one of those kind of like iconic moments where you're like wait all these guys are actually together on stage at the same time mm-hmm. yeah they definitely could sell me some doritos if they wanted to i would buy those yeah. doritos <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the, the show went on, there were a number of announcements and, uh, minor awards, so Red Dead kept sweeping. Red Dead got, like, story, and art direction, and, uh, regular direction, and then Celeste got a number of, I, it won Indie Game of the Year and Games for Impact award, so I, I think a lot of people were, were thinking, oh man, Red Dead or Celeste is going to take the Game of the Year award because they're both nominated. But then God of War took it. And really, I think that's how it should have gone. I agree with the result. I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good a good uh, contender for Game of the Year. Interestingly enough, I, I was just looking into this. God of War came out in, in um, I believe, March of this year. Maybe April? March or April? I think... I think April. It was one of the two. Yeah, it was yeah. like a very springtime game. Yeah, springtime kind of thing. Um, and Breath of the Wild last year also came out in March. Uh, the year before that was Overwatch. Do you remember what month that came out in? Ish. Overwatch was May. So these spring games, uh, I I really think that there's some sort of power in like the March to May region of the year. Where it feels like maybe there's been some stuff earlier, but if you're the best thing out of that first like four months of the year, you'll be remembered as the best for the rest of the year. That's my mm-hmm. hypothesis. That's a working theory. I don't have enough evidence to support it, I think. 
But I think if you want to win a Goaty, like, put it in March. Yeah, because like the Academy Awards is the complete opposite. Because like with that, like all of the Academy Award like Oscar winning movies come out like two months before the Oscars, like around this time, because they like want to get it like fresh in people's minds. But it feels like with games, it's like it doesn't matter if like you know Red Dead just came out you know a month and a half ago, but this game from you know six, seven, eight months ago that a lot of people probably forgot about. Uh, just came in and, and won the award, which I, I agree. I think it was correct because that game was phenomenal. But it was still, it was. I was kind of surprised because Red Dead was winning everything from that point. So I was just like, I expected Red Dead to win, but I was glad to see that God of War won. Yeah, I I agree. And I I wonder. I mean, it's not just that it came out in March. Obviously, uh, if you look mm-hmm. at Overwatch, Breath of the Wild, and God of War, all three of them are. Like, yeah, that's the right call. <laughs> that's the right call for those years. Uh, those are definitely the most important games of each of those years. Um, whether or not they're, they are my favorite or my specific game of the year choice, I, I can't argue that it's um, right. So, yeah. outside of the awards, and, and the awards were great, um, there were a number of announcements. So let's start with the biggest one. It it seemed like the one that got the most fanfare, the most hype online, was not a game announcement at all. It was a a character announcement just for one fighting game. One little character, one little fighting game. And that was the biggest one thing of the show. Game. One little fighting game. <laughs> uh I'm I'm obviously being a little facetious here. It's uh Joker from Persona Five is going to be in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Pretty big character, pretty big fighting game. Um, yeah. What was your reaction to this? I At first, when, when the trailer started, I thought it was that stupid Persona dance game. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, the, the, their, their rhythm branch of the Persona series. Yeah, exactly, that one. It was like a lot of... Um, you know, I was, I was... I don't know, I was expecting that. And then when his hand went in the air and he flipped the envelope over and it had the smash symbol. I just about jumped out of my chair and I was, I was like, let's go. Cause I love persona. So like seeing when I was like, okay, he's coming to smash. Like this is going to be amazing. Especially because I wasn't expecting to see someone like that in smash. Um, because I, I guess I was just thinking the DLC characters were going to be just more Nintendo characters. So to see that they're bringing in somebody completely different from a franchise that really has nothing to do with Nintendo, that gives me hope that we're going to see some pretty, pretty insane um, DLC characters. Yeah, I, um, I, I never thought that third-party characters were off the table because Nintendo was was picking the characters, but I did think that they would be less likely to be um, characters that didn't at least benefit Nintendo in some way, like. Um, well, I, I, you know, in any specific thing, you could say Rayman benefits Nintendo because they publish it in certain territories, something like that. I would have been, I would have expected. Um, this isn't even on Switch. Persona Five isn't even on the console. Um, yeah, that's what surprised me the most because I was like, okay, like I, I can see, you know, if they brought something that had been on a Nintendo console before, but like for this to just be something. I mean, I, I almost think that 100% it, it will come to the Switch before 
or around the time that he is debuted for Smash. Well, that's what I thought um, it was. I thought I I saw the Switch logo, so I knew it was a, a Switch game. And the mm-hmm. way that they uh, debuted it, they they had the screen glitch and the, all the lights went dark. So I thought, okay, this isn't something I've heard about before. This is a game announcement. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was Persona 5, like, Crimson, the complete version of Persona 5, like Persona 4 had, Persona 4 Golden. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be coming to Switch, like uh, Golden came to, I, I think, Vita or PSP. Uh, yeah. Vita. I think it was Vita. I think Vita, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, when 4 come out? It's been a while. Um that's true. It has been a little long. It has been a little bit. In, in any case, I, that's what I thought it was. I thought Switch was getting a complete version of Persona 5, and that announcement alone, I would have been completely hyped with. That's That would be great. I still want that. Yeah, I thought that that would have warranted, like, uh, you know, towards the end of the show announcement, because I think that's pretty big, because Persona is a pretty pretty big franchise, and Persona 5, you know, was, was super popular when it came out, too, so um, it, it felt like that would be fitting. Um, although one one thing I did see on Twitter, somebody who was like restreaming it, they said they knew it was Smash because the logo or the the rating on the trailer said E, and they were yeah. like, yeah. they were like, oh well, this this can't be Persona because Persona's M. So at that point, they were like, oh well, then this has to be Smash. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, it's hard to to take note of all of those little things at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't even paying that much attention to the dialogue the first time around. I was like, yeah, Persona 5, I know what it is. Uh, and then I, I went back and watched it, and they were talking about the Game Awards and that Joker had infiltrated the Game Awards to steal the Smash invitation, which is such a cool thing to do custom dialogue specifically for that event. Because if you go watch yeah. the official thing on the uh, Nintendo YouTube channel, it isn't like that anymore. It They've changed the dialogue to just be more general he's infiltrated infiltrated their highest ranks or or something like that like without referencing where they were yeah yeah that's cool that's a whole that's going to be a legendary announcement i gotta say why i i i it's it's not what i would have done it's not i we've talked about (laughs) uh my my, my thoughts on like third-party characters before totally cool third-party characters i think they should be somewhat important to nintendo and he's super not but um, yeah, if this it, means it is. that later, like next year, there will be a Persona 5 Crimson and mm-hmm. it'll coincide, probably not with the release of Joker, because I think he's going to be at least February or, or March, like soon, and that game would probably yeah, be Yeah, he's going to be pretty soon, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, if they make it right, like they, they're kind of making it right now with Cloud, with Final Fantasy VII coming to Switch. Um, yeah. If they decide to make it right in that way, I'm I'm down. I'm in interested in it, uh, and I love Persona in general. So it it's not that I just don't like Persona. I I think this is as a character is so cool. He's gonna have like Jack Frost and all the other little personas. Uh, yeah, summon them. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I think I'm most uh, I'm most excited about because I think he's gonna bring a completely different play style to the game because like he doesn't actually do any fighting but his personas i mean he kind of does he shoots fake guns but like, yeah he shoots he has um, a like a little knife uh yeah he might use but i think like for the most part like most of his moves will will surround kind of having a persona um do the attacking for him so i'm very interested to see 
kind of how that's going to play out in in this setting. I mean, I've seen how games uh, like Persona characters play out because there was Persona 4 Arena and those characters were in Blaze Blue Cross Tag. Um, so like, I kind of have an idea of how they might do the whole Persona thing, but I'm still interested to see how Smash is going to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that is that is interesting to to note. Was Joker in that game? No, no, because the uh, Persona Arena it was for four. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. And they they never made a Persona Five Arena or anything like that, so it was only characters from four. Right on. Uh, I'm I'm really excited because each challenger pack is coming with the character, a stage, and music. And the music for Persona Five is fantastic. Oh, it's fan. It's so good. Yeah. I'm so excited to have that in there. Like, the especially if music. there's going to be, I mean, Persona Five music on its own is is great. So I, maybe they maybe it's better if they don't tamper with it at all. But if they do some like new remixes for Smash uh, specifically, that's pretty exciting too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that that soundtrack was was fantastic. One of the best game soundtracks that I've I've heard in a while. So. <laughs> um there are other announcements at the show um and they're entire <laughs> games <laughs> i wonder if if ed boone was mad when the announcement of mortal kombat 11 um was upstaged by a single character in a different fighting game right yeah <laughs> Although I was still very hyped for Mortal Kombat 11 because I've been waiting for this game for a while. I think as a as a game announcement, it was the biggest of the show. Mm-hmm. Mortal yeah. Kombat 11 as like a singular game, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, they had this trailer. Uh, Raiden was in it. Scorpion was in it, but it wasn't Scorpion like you're used to seeing. It was old '90s style Scorpion, mm-hmm. um, just destroying each other's bodies. And and like yeah. still trying to get up <laughs> from having yeah, your like, middle it, ripped it, out of Mortal you. Con- <laughs> They've gotten so like just ridiculously stupid with like the violence and the fact that you can do like the X-ray plays where you crack people's chests, but then they still end up like getting up and fighting still. So it's like <laughs> completely completely ridiculous, but it's also just amazing and uh, it it looks really good, you know that. I've been waiting for the announcement for a while because one of the this YouTuber that I follow who does a lot of fighting games, um, he like he was talking. He had been talking about for a while that that NetherRealm has kind of had this pattern of releasing games, and they seemed to kind of diverge from that for Mortal Kombat 11. So it was kind of just like, uh, when is this coming? Like, can you finally announce this for us? And and they did, and they showed us a really good trailer. And it's soon. It's coming out soon. Yeah, March or uh, April. And then there's a big reveal in like a month where we're going to see even more. So Yeah, I, I think a lot of people were expecting to see it at, at this year's E3. And its mm-hmm. absence among some other absences was why a lot of people thought this E3 was maybe lighter than normal. Um, yeah. I think it was a good call to not put... I mean, from, from NetherRealm's perspective, I think it was a good call to not put this game up on, on E3. Because um, yeah. it kind of owned the show here it is yeah exactly one of the most exciting things to look forward to except for a single character in a different fighting game. yeah except yeah but... <laughs> if not for smash like that would have been like you know the absolute biggest announcement of the entire show um 
So, but yeah, which, but that just kind of shows the power of, of Smash that yeah. like one character, one singular character announcement that has nothing to do with Nintendo. Smash's microtransactions are more exciting than the rest of your <laughs> entire show. Um, so that, that was a big one. Um, I don't really have much to say about it because I kind of don't know what I'm expecting from the game other than just more Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat. 10 um and injustice 1 and 2 have kind of cemented a specific play style of a modern yeah. nether realm game that is just I, I just know what it is now um mm-hmm. and i i'm just expecting this to be another one of that and i think that's fine because that's a good formula it's not a bad one those are great games but i wonder what i wonder if there's going to be some some new draw that uh yeah yeah from a game I with the number they... eleven in its title, it, it's probably going to be difficult to to find uh, footing that it hasn't already stepped in. But yeah, but I would like to see what they try. Yeah, because I mean, whereas like you know, on the one hand, I would kind of like to see like a slightly different style, because like you said, like Mortal Kombat ten and then Injustice one and two, they all kind of have the same combo system, and they they all they kind of look similar, just reskinned. I mean, I don't want to kind of dumb it down that that much, but because it's not really a reskin, but it's a, got a very similar feel to it. So like, it would be nice to kind of see this one differentiate itself a little bit. But you also don't want to make it too different at this point because like those games work, so you don't really want to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. So it's uh, so I'm very excited for January, so I can for that reveal to see kind of what exactly they've got for this thing. Yeah, I am too. I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping that there is enough room in the fighting game community for another one right now. It seems saturated, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I I guess it it could just easily force out um, Dragon Ball Fighters or whatever is the next one to leave the hype mm-hmm. wheel. Um, yeah, because Injustice Two has already kind of gotten pushed to the side. Oh well, it'll um, definitely get rid of Injustice Two. I feel like yeah, exactly. So like that'll be there can really sure. only be one Nether Realm game. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, unless this is significantly different, which I don't think it is. I I think there can probably only be one Nether Realm game at the head of the community. Um, yeah, Obsidian, recently purchased by Microsoft, they're now part of the Xbox family of developers. Has a new game. The Outer Worlds, it's receiving a, a ton of praise. It had an uh, interesting trailer. And I, I think what they're going for with this trailer is saying, hey, we were the guys that made Fallout New Vegas. Hey, isn't there like a new Fallout game? Anyway, <laughs> this one's just a regular adventure game. Don't get it twisted. Uh, we're not trying to do something really crazy. Yeah, worry, it, it's it's... There, there's definitely some tongue-in-cheek attitude in this trailer about being better and more exciting than Fallout 76. And I love that. That's a good... Yeah, take take that stride. New Vegas was great. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this game. This game looks good. Yeah, it looks fun. And I, th- I think, you know, for people... For fans of Fallout 76 and kind of that genre of games... Uh, I think this will be very much a welcomed addition to the space because Fallout 76 has just been such a colossal disaster at this point. 
Um, I mean, honestly, probably anything will be better than Fallout 76. So, like, it doesn't have a high bar to really get over. But it looks like they're actually going to kind of exceed that and actually put out, like, a pretty good game. Yeah, I... um... I'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure on a lot of the details on this game, and I think that is um, a shared concern um, among the community. We, we there's a lot of unknowns here, but uh, it it seems relatively early as well, so that's mm-hmm. fine. It, it's just fine to have that many unknowns right now. I like the tone. I like the world. Uh, I don't usually go for like post-apocalyptic things that often, but. Mm-hmm. just the way it's being presented here it has like a certain amount of optimism that's kind of rare in your um other post-apocalyptic things like the other mm-hmm. fallouts and rage 2 or left for dead you know that kind of thing and yeah. it, it just seems way more personal personable and like there was an apocalypse but there's a society now too and that's that's a fun world to live in i rate that trailer great out of 10 uh bioware (laughs) had a new trailer for anthem and it was whatever i did i don't know how to feel about that game i've seen nothing beyond the first trailer where i i saw like oh they're using jetpacks to go around this open world and it's online i could maybe be there for that It, it seems cool and they've never taken it to that next level for me where it's like well no i'm still into the jetpacks but what what new thing should I care about it? And they seem to want to give me a lot of things, but nothing's like quite tickled my fancy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have this feeling? Yeah, no, I feel you because like I'm I'm a huge de- or I, I I used to play a lot of Destiny. Like that Destiny is probably one of the games um, out of nowhere that, or I mean, out of all games that I've put probably the most hours into collectively between Destiny one and two, like as a franchise. So. And this game is very much in that same vein. Right, yeah. But I agree. Like, I just don't know what to feel because it's like, on the one hand, like, EA has a hand in it. So it's like, that kind of makes me scared a little bit. Um, And Bioware is just kind of seems to be a little iffy at the moment. Um, And it just, it doesn't seem like they're, they're, from what I've seen so far, they haven't really shown me enough that really sets this game apart from any other kind of like looter shooter mmo rpg first person kind of thing that's out there so it's like they don't they haven't really given me a reason to be very excited for it it's like it looks cool and like i think there's a beta at some point and it um that i'll probably try out just to kind of see how it is but i'm not like like i'm not waiting for this game or you know it's like it's kind of whatever to me yeah there's um there's a lot with Bioware right now that I just don't know how to feel <laughs> about. Um, if if you asked me like five years ago, who are some of the most prestigious studios out there? Bungie and Bioware would both be on that list for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And now it it seems like Bungie's kind of maintained that, but now they're they've gone too far into Destiny. I feel to mm-hmm. to have the mystique of like, oh, they can do anything. No, they can probably do Destiny, and, and that's that's what they can do. In <laughs> uh, Bioware, yeah. they they were on top of the world at a time at, after the Mass Effect, um, at least Mass Effect Two. They were like, I was gonna say, yeah, people. between two and three, they were like on top of everything. Yeah, three was a bit more divisive, and then worse than divisive, Dragon uh, Dragon Age Two, 
and Mass Effect Andromeda were just bad. They they just made yeah. some bad stuff. Um, so like I I don't I don't know I I don't know if I should be expecting a return to greatness with Bioware or the fact that it's an online uh, Destiny type game will just make it okay because they'll work on it enough until it becomes good which is usually mm-hmm. the, the same for these living games out there like they if they're bad right now it doesn't matter they won't die they need to be worked on forever uh yeah. even no man's sky which was terrible at launch and it like <laughs> peaked below um or i guess valued below um or a, a thousand concurrent players at one point mm-hmm. which was really bad that's really bad for or i hang on no i it was like a peak one week was ten uh, or a thousand. Uh, Valley was ten players. There were ten concurrent. No man's sky. Did it sky. really get that low? It got, oh I God. think it got that low. I might be making that up. I don't think I'm making that up. I remember that number. It being sounds right. Cause, crazy. I mean, that because that was like that game was probably one of the most like disappointing launches in recent memory. Because like I remember when that premiered. You know, speaking of the game awards, they premiered the first trailer for that at like I want to say. Game Awards 2015? Yeah, bad games have a, a way of yeah. just finding at least some people on the internet that'll be like, no, it's mm-hmm. not that bad. It's not that bad. I need to defend this for some reason. It's part of my identity. <laughs> and they'll do it. And for, for that game, I that didn't happen. <laughs> to, no, to my, like, I think everybody my... was just, when it came out, everyone was like, no, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't what we wanted. And now it's Take fine. Now it seems to be a fine game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Anthem is maybe, I don't know. It's a huge question mark and I, it, it's not an attractive question mark to me. It's just kind of there and I assume it'll do well because those kinds of games do well and EA does well. Um, but I don't know. There's nothing for me and I'm wondering how many other people feel that way too. Yeah. Cause I, and that's the thing too, cause it's like. You don't really, you don't hear a lot about it. No, you, know? you don't. Not like not so. That's where it's like, on the one hand, it is EA, and they are kind of like one of the biggest publishers around, and, and they have a lot of reach. But at the same time, it's like I, you just don't hear anything about this game. So it's like when it comes out, if it's if it's even a little bit bad, and there's already a, a low amount of people that are kind of interested, and if word gets around that this this is a bad game. Like, you know, I don't know how long it's got to kind of fix itself before people are just like, eh, never mind. Yeah, um, I, I feel like the communication between the player base and the developers can do wonders for a game. We've seen that this year with Rare, where Sea of Thieves launched a pretty poor reception, but mm-hmm. by nature of just them being open to, uh, to talking about the game online and uh making themselves known as uh, as individual people and always having new events for that game and talking about what their thought processes were uh like in the development of that game has made it a really attractive thing to be part of a really interesting community and i i just don't see ea in any facet bioware or otherwise having that kind of rapport with a person it's hard to imagine EA as a human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. EA is just this corporate conglomerate that's completely out of touch with the gaming space. It, re- it really does seem like it. They're, they're just some, like, 
computer in a warehouse somewhere. EA doesn't have a real president. <laughs> they're just there. There's a spokesperson who acts as a president, and they just do whatever the computer tells them. I I have to assume that's what <laughs> EA is. Um, but there was a different Bioware thing at the Game Awards. A tease for a possible. I'm putting possible in quotes because it definitely is this. Uh, Dragon Age Four. Mm-hmm. So. Bioware is in such a weird spot right now that if you're gonna announce a new game, you have to you have to show up. I think. Yeah. So where Dragon Age Four at one point would have been one of the most exciting announcements of the show, I think now it's like if you're just gonna show a logo and not even say a name, it's not even gonna be called Dragon Age Four. Probably it's gonna be Dragon Age subtitle. Um, mm-hmm. Like no way am I getting excited for that? Yeah, like they they did nothing to kind of make people hyped about it or anything because because like you said it was just like it had like a hashtag or something right or like yeah a, I don't even remember like what a, it was it was like a question but like I mean I've never played Dragon Age so I I didn't even know what it was until people were talking about it on Twitter that's actually but worth looking up like, I need to find out what that hashtag is uh, Dragon because I think it was there was a hashtag and it had like a name had like a name of a character or something that was in dragon age so that's how people the dread wolf rises yeah that's what it was yeah that's but like that's all they gave us it was just like some fire and then that (laughs) that's such a especially for dread wolf rises like okay i'm sure it does great i'm glad you told me yeah (laughs) like when when nintendo gives us joker and smash and mortal or you know netherrealm gives us mortal Kombat, we even you know new obsidian game and then you just give like a logo like that's that's a trailer you put out on a random tuesday not something that you put out at you know arguably the second biggest event of the year when it comes to debuting things yeah, I think Joker is a good comparison because that also isn't ready to show. Um, mm-hmm. That was, and I I don't think he's done at all. At, probably, um, it, it seems like the only DLC character they've really done a lot of work on is Piranha Plant so far. So they just didn't have mm-hmm. anything, but they wanted to announce it. So they did this really cool CG trailer that looked kind of inexpensive. I mean, maybe it was. I I have a hard time gauging that thing. And in, in terms of other CG trailers that are that are out there. Yeah. Um with no gameplay whatsoever and just hints at Joker. And the Dragon Age 4 thing is similar where it's just like hints at the game that it is. Um but you you got to be more specific. You need to like I, yeah. the thing that they wanted to be me to be excited about was the fact that the Dread Wolf rises. And that is not in- enough. That is not yeah. Like they needed to at least do you know do like a like a Thanos at the end of Avengers one. Yeah, like something where just give even if it's nothing like what the game is actually going to look like, just make some CG trailer of the Dread Wolf and then you know show him and then have someone be like you know the Dread Wolf rises or something something that actually like shows us something and gives us some sort of of, of height. But like this was nothing. This was just a logo or not even a logo just yeah. some words if if they can't announce a game by telling me what's interesting about the game i can only assume that there isn't anything <laughs> about interesting about the game it's not even being mean i just can't like i don't know what it would be you didn't tell me yeah it's like cuz like a trailer you shouldn't have to read into a trailer you should come away from a trailer feeling whatever 
the developer wants you to feel. Like I came away from the Joker trailer being like, oh, cool, the Joker's in Smash. He infiltrated the game awards. He's going to do some stuff, you know, or like with Mortal Kombat, it's like, hey, I came away, like there was a 90 Scorpion here. So you tell me there's going to be different outfits that we can do, or you're going to bring some sort of nostalgia into the picture. So like you get an idea of kind of what things are, but with this, it's like, there's nothing. Yeah, totally, totally fair. Uh, I, I hope I see good stuff from, from, uh, from Dragon Age 4. Origins and Inquisition are uh, genuinely great games. I like them a lot. Um, But, you know, (laughs) it's not not Zelda. It's not Star Wars. You can't just say it exists and get people excited about it. And I I wonder if they overestimated um, the hype surrounding the name Dragon Age. Yeah, I I think they might have. I think they kind of thought that they that they held more weight in the space than they actually did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they don't. So when they when they just gave us that, it was just kind of like, well, okay, that's cool. So there were a number of other announcements, um, a number of other awards. I, I don't have anything I want to touch on specifically uh, other than that, unless you do. Um, no? Yes? No, I, no I, don't, I think we hit most of the big ones that you know, people kind of care about. Cool. Um, oh yeah, Sonic Fox was was uh, cool to watch. Get an award. He he did a great speech about being <laughs> a gay black furry, everybody. and it was fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved it. People were saying, I saw people saying it was cringy. They're the worst people. If you think yeah, that was cringy, I, I had don't... a friend of <laughs> yeah. So one of my coworkers said that. I was just I was like, you kind of. I think you have to. You have to know Sonic Fox ahead of time. Like I can kind of see that, like if you've never seen this guy before, uh, yeah, you're just kind of like. Uh, so I can kind of see that, but at the same time, like he's just such a unique person. It's like, come on, like he got up there in a fur in a furry suit. Like, come on, you have to respect that. Like for, like, because that takes a lot of confidence to to walk around because he wears wears that everywhere. So. You know, it it was a really cool moment. I think. I think that that award meant more to him than Game of the Year meant to the developers of God of War, or probably oh, yeah. any other award to any other recipient at the show. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell how much it meant to him. I that was a great moment. It was a good moment. It it yeah. should go down as his, in history as a good moment. Um, mm-hmm. Bit of a sour note about the Game Awards, uh, and I, I think it's a fair sour note to lay upon them. The show is receiving more and more criticism regarding how commercial it's become. Um, what what do you think about that? Uh, there was a there was a point in the uh, in in the time period where it was this spike VGAs instead of the Game Awards like it is now. Uh, yeah, where it was just sponsored by Mountain Dew and Doritos heavily. So just everywhere on the show, you would see like. <laughs> touching moments where this game really made an impact it it changed the the field of design it it mattered uh the people making it deserve it they spent a lot of hours on it and it, it's really a dream come true anyway you gotta eat your yum yum doritos you gotta get it in your mouth you you fat idiot <laughs> it was very heavy-handed <laughs> yeah and it, it still is a little bit it be it at least now a lot of the uh marketing that's been put into the show has been from the game industry at large um 
which means that the majority of the money that they're getting from advertising is for advertisements for other games. All, all the trailers you yeah. saw, they, they paid to have their space there. Yeah. Is it appropriate for an awards show to be like that? You don't see that with the Oscars. Um, you don't see that with the, the Grammys. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it does feel kind of weird, but at the same time, I think because there is... I mean, there's E3, so I can't really say there is. There's completely no other space for this kind of thing to happen. Um, but I think with the game, with the game industry itself, it just kind of feels like the logical extension of things that, like this, this game awards is kind of turning into, like the you know the 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 Super Bowl of of the game industry, where people pay you know all this money to to showcase their their content. Because I mean, at the same time. It might feel weird, but you know there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. So it's, you know, one time where you can kind of get the most exposure on things outside of E3. Because at E3, you kind of risk getting overshadowed by other things. And even if, if you, if I'm a developer and I give my trailer to Sony to show, like, it could get drowned out by whatever Sony does. Whereas if I just show it at this Game Awards, then it can be its own thing and kind of be there. So... I think I don't have a huge problem with it. I think I mean I can understand where the criticism is coming from, but I think it's just kind of the next logical extension of the industry. There was a moment where Ed Boon was going to present the award to best sports slash racing game, and he said, "Here are the nominees," and then the logo sh- uh, showed up on screen for best sports slash racing games. And then Scorpion's Whip just went through it and shattered it. <laughs> and then that was the intro to the Mortal Kombat 11 uh, trailer. And then once that trailer ended, Edmund says, Oh, I guess they got the wrong video. Audience laughs. Here are the nominees. And I a lot of people liked that. I saw some, some praise for that. I kind of thought that was super inappropriate. I, I, didn't, I didn't love that. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, a lot of the yeah. time, like I'm, I'm seeing commercials in the show and then I'm seeing awards and it's like, yeah, this one pays for the other one. So it's, you know, that's how you do it. I understand that, that moment felt to me like, oh, you're putting the importance and hype of the announcements themselves way over the importance of the award. Um, which which is rough for me because this is the only this is quickly becoming the game of the year award um mm-hmm. it it's it's the one it's like the oscars it's it's the one that matters yeah yeah um so I it's mean, not yeah, like you I can go that, somewhere else where it isn't like this yeah exactly I, I think that is kind of where a line should be drawn because i i do agree with that like kind of pulling a fake like while it was it was kind of cool because it was just kind of like one of those moments where you're like, oh, wait, like it's like a bait and switch kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, I do agree that like if you're going to do this award slash game announcement fiesta or whatever, there has to be at least some separation. Like, I think it's fine if you, you know, you give out awards and then during the commercial breaks or whatever, you show the trailers and all that. 
But to kind of divert and kind of diverge from an actual announcement where a game developer is going to like get an award for something that they, they put a lot of hours into and then you kind of turn that into a, a cool game announcement, that I think is probably where they 100% need to draw a line because I don't think you should do that. Because like, you wouldn't do that for, for game of the year. So it's like, don't don't treat like a, a quote-unquote lesser award differently just because it's not like one of the bigger ones so i think they just need to kind of separate that a little bit for sure yeah i uh i i think there was an oscars recently where um the shape of water got a, a new trailer during it and that was fine because that's not something they usually do they they mm-hmm. uh they don't usually do uh, announcements like that at the Oscars that that was weird and kind of exciting and, and fun but that's the default here um I, w- I would like to see some sort of game awards academy form where they're giving out goatees like the academy gives out Oscars um uh, which is just funded by interested parties in the game industry um and the hopes that one day you'll get one of these awards, and by then you've made it, or you've helped make it, prestigious enough for it to really matter to you, and to affect sales, and just in general be cool that you won an award. Um, and, and, and that would that would be neat, and I understand that because that is hard to make happen, that's why we can't just have a commercial-free game awards. Yeah. But I really would like a commercial free game awards. I think it matters. I, I think celebrating good things versus bad things matter. And I think it's important that we don't just like let certain games win all the time. If if you if you really yeah. mess up, like Fallout seventy six, it's important that you don't show up at an awards show, right? It, it's important yeah. that like mm-hmm. that's written down in history. No, we didn't like this. Because otherwise in four years when they've like worked on it so much that it's some weird Frankenstein code and it they have to make it work because they spent so much money on it already in their Bethesda, so just it has to be good. They will make it good ish enough in time. And mm-hmm. by then like the question of, hey, why didn't this win any awards might be a thing to ask. And it needs to be said why it didn't and why yeah, god of war true. and red dead and celeste did but yeah i do think that would be cool if we if we had like our own equivalent of the academy awards i mean i know this kind of it is at this point but if they could somehow like just make it that its own thing it would make sense um and it would be kind of cool to have like and like an actual academy i think it might be we might be kind of a little ways away from that happening, but I certainly think it would it it would be a cool sight to see. It would be. Um, the game industry has more money coming in than the movie industry does. Uh, it's a bigger industry by capita, but we still are very much in the mindset of like a nineteen seventies computer programmer in their basement alone. In, in, in some ways, because it there, there's no there's no unions for workers, which we've talked about in on a previous episode, and in that same way, there's just very little cohesion 
um, between all these companies. They're they're part of the biggest entertainment industry in the world, but for some reason they all think of themselves like, yeah, no, we're all just small fries, though. We're we're all just kind of our individual selves. And I think there maybe needs to just be someone looking in the mirror and uh, saying, no, actually, we're huge and important, and what we do matters. So maybe we should get together and set some standards. And yeah. in the process of an, an awards academy for the game awards uh, would, would probably be a good idea. Um, yeah, I mean, especially when, you, like you said, like when you think about the amount of money coming into this, like, I mean, Fortnite alone has made over a billion dollars at this point, probably close to two, honestly. So it's like for that game alone to be making that much and then you multiply that by all the different AAA titles out there. It's like it's it's kind of amazing that there isn't something more unified in this in this industry. Yeah, uh, people are talking about games like Pokemon Go, for example, being dead because it's not as big as when it came out. But that is a multi-billion-dollar game still. Yeah, <laughs> like people play these things. It it matters. It yeah. takes up their time, and it's a big part mm-hmm. of the the average consumer or the average person in in at least first world countries like day to day so yeah I, like i have a friend that yeah. goes out with his wife all the time and they anytime there's a new event when new pokemon come out like they spend a lot of time playing that game so it's like you know just because you may not play it or you know it's i think the whole like xyz game is dead in the gaming industry in general is is a very annoying thing because like if you go to a lot of different twitch chats Everybody will say, you know, this game is dead because there's only this many viewers. And it's like, just because there may not be a, just because you don't play it or, or you may not know anybody that plays it, there's a lot of people that play damn near every game out there. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, except Unreal Tournament. Apparently that one had to shut down. <laughs> um, but other things <laughs> for, for sure. Um, oh, what, you know, another thing on the, on the topic that has really annoyed me is in smash discussion people are talking a lot about like the importance of certain uh series and they'll refer to things like earthbound as being a dead franchise and like can can something not just be God. done it, it had a finish yeah, it's, like, it's a finished franchise it, but like there won't yeah, be another it's like, one it's but... a franchise that was very important and it came out a long time ago and it shaped a lot of, I mean, without Earthbound, like, there's a lot of popular games that wouldn't exist as they are today. So it's, like, just because it's an old game, you can't call it dead. Like Yeah, are we calling Friends dead because they stopped doing new episodes? Yeah, <laughs> right, even though it was, like, one of the biggest sitcoms of all time. Like, yeah. Yeah, peop- the, it's that, that whole discussion of, of is this thing dead or, or whatever is just so weird to me mm-hmm. like the the thought process that people have when they say that this thing is dead or or what have you it's just it always blows my mind i'm like can you can we just like appreciate things for what they are and, and if you don't like it that's fine but there's a lot of people that do so just let it be yeah like how immature would you sound if you were talking about like what are the best books that there are and you said Tale of Two Cities? No way. It's not getting a sequel, so it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as good as something that is getting a sequel. <laughs> yeah, or like if you said something, you know, like like that kind of book, you're like, oh well, it's only sold like you know five copies this week. It's like okay, but how many did it sell 
over the entire you know hundred years it's been out or whatever. Yeah. So it's just it's just people are. I just I don't get it. I don't get people's thought process. It's something that will never make sense to me. Yeah, it, we got a little bit off topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the Game Awards. It's uh, it's a flawed event, I think it's fair to say. Uh, it, it has some weird tonal incongruities, but I think it's still... It, E3 is always my favorite event of the year, but um, it's it's probably my second favorite, the Game Awards. It's it's fun to watch. I, I like the, the stylings of the Game Awards more than a lot of other shows... Um, I'm into it in general. I don't want to seem too down on it. I, it, we've come a long way since Doritos and Mountain Dew. It is better now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's at this point in the show, I usually say that listeners can write in at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. By the, if you've listened to enough episodes of the show, you'll know by the fact that we don't read too many, uh, emails from listeners that people don't do it very often. Uh, I, I would probably read your thing no matter what at this point. Um, but we did get a, a we got an email recently. <laughs> um, it was from the one and only Kristen Stewart. Uh, <laughs> she, now she was trying to sell us um, email addresses that we could send out stuff to market to, but. Uh, I didn't want to buy those because we don't do that. <laughs> um, and also because that's what she was doing, I'm assuming, hey, maybe that wasn't Kristen Stewart. But there's yeah. no way to know. <laughs> it could have been. We don't know. It could have been. We don't know what she's doing now. Yeah. We don't know what all celebrities do in their spare time. Yeah. If, if the real Kristen Stewart is out there, um, I'm sorry I didn't buy your email addresses. Uh, I, <laughs> they seemed a little sketchy, but I'm sure you worked hard for them. Um, if you are listening, do send out another email to the show just to clarify. We'd love to have you on, um, and, and talk about, talk about Twilight, I guess. Uh, so again, if you want to email us, Kristen, that's podcast at superjumpmagazine.com podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. Let's head into the after school activities. Uh, I'll do mine first. After school activity of the week. If you have Smash, and a lot of people do, make sure you register your game on the home menu if you have the physical version and redeem the code they send you in the email for doing that. Uh, a lot of times the email will just say, thanks for registering or thanks for purchasing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So it won't look like it has a code in it, but then you need to look at it and it has a code in it. And it's for the Piranha Plant character. And then some people might think, oh, well, if that's that code uh, for the thing that's not coming out until February, I don't need to redeem it until February. Don't do that. Don't risk losing the code. <laughs> Just do it now, and it'll be fine. It'll be automatically unlocked when it comes out in February. I'm seeing a surprising amount of people that don't know this exists at all. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's strange, because they've really tried to push it on the marketing it's like everywhere on the website in certain regions of the world it even uh the game even comes with like an insert with a code on it because they thought people mm. would figure out how to register it which is a fair concern i guess <laughs> um so yeah get your get your plants it's a nice little plant get them uh why yeah. and if you also if you have gmail 
it actually because I know Gmail like they separate different uh, emails into different folders and that particular email goes to your like promotions folder because that's where mine was so if you're like waiting on it and you think you didn't get it and you have Gmail definitely check your promotions folder yeah and they do stress that they're going to send it within 10 days of registering for me it was like five days and I thought I thought they were saying 10 days as like a courtesy because usually it's just an automatic process. It should be no seconds. Yeah. Um, but it did take five days for me to get it, which is weird. So I guess keep an eye out on it for 10 days. Um, Wyatt, what is your after school activity? So my after school activity, um, I've mentioned this guy before and I mentioned him earlier as well. His name is Maximilian Dude. Um, that's D-O-O-D. Uh, he's a YouTuber and he does stream on Twitch as well, but he does all, all things fighting games. Um, and he's been kind of talking about MK11 for a while, like I said. Um, but him and his, uh, he has three friends, um, that he streams with and they make YouTube content. Um, they're called Yo Video Games. And so they were restreaming the Game Awards when the announcement came and they absolutely lost their minds. Um, cause this is like, you know, fighting games is like Christmas for them. So watching them react to it was pretty cool. And I think the YouTube video, it's, if, it's like, I think it's called Yo Video Games Reacts to MK11 Announcement. It's, it's one of his, like, most recent videos. Um, but I think, I don't know if he edited it in there, but he, in his room, he has all of this fighting game memorabilia. Like, he used to work at EB Games, so he has a lot of, like, cardboard cutouts and, and old boxes and posters and all this kind of stuff. And him and his friends have been doing this theory where they're, like, they point to all the different things and to try and speculate what character is going to be in what, uh, like what game. They're convinced that Sub-Zero is going to be in Smash. And they're like, well, you see, because Sub-Zero played with this character in this <laughs> game. And, and they're just like going between all of these things on their wall and then picking up this action figure and this one. So it's really funny. Um, so, and, uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. He makes a lot of really good content. Him and his friends are, are very funny. There's no um, chance and- a Mortal Kombat character gets into Smash. Right. I don't think. I mean, they've actually been saying it since um, since E three. Like when E three first came out, it's so uber violent. Like Snake was already yeah, pushing it. Yeah, there's no way that it's it's gonna be. But they're they're absolutely convinced that, that he's gonna be one of the DLC characters. I don't know how they would do that. They would have to. I mean, I guess he could freeze people and and, and punch them and all that. Because Sub Zero is kind of one of the least violent characters because he doesn't have. I mean, he does have a sword sometimes, but. So, like, you could just take out kind of the more gory elements. Just get a cold guess, boy. But... Just get a cold ninja boy. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, because, like, uh, they did, MK11 is going to be on the Switch. So, that also... That's true, that's, yeah. They're using, they're using that as, as ammo as well. Um, because they're like, see, it's going to be... MK11's coming to Switch. So, obviously, that means there's going to be a connection now. So, um, so, we'll have to wait probably a while to, to see whether that one comes to fruition but definitely check out his videos it's some pretty funny stuff cool cool um so announcements happy holidays i believe this is the first or sorry last episode that goes up before christmas so if if that's true if my math checks out happy holidays hope you had a good christmas or hope you have a good christmas or holiday um other than christmas i think hanukkah is is it over? It might be over. Um, it might be. I never remember when I, that actually starts. Yeah, it's it's a different time every year. They're they're crafty and they they sneak it around. Uh, <laughs> I I also don't know when Kwanzaa is. 
But if you do any of those, uh, happy holidays. I, I hope you have a great time with your friends and or family. Our theme song has been by Jamitar. It is Gerald. The name of the theme song is Gerald. I named it two weeks ago. Uh, I need to remember <laughs> that. Uh, subscribe, please, to the podcast feed. Review us on iTunes if you can. Tell a friend. We grow most through word of mouth and just people sharing the podcast around. So I know you're thinking, oh, I could do that. I kind of liked it. Well, no, I won't. I'm busy. <laughs> no, just do it. Just please. <laughs> just please do just it. Just do it. It would be great. Uh, <laughs> you, you would really make me a, a happy boy. So thanks for listening and stay super! <laughs>